2020 was a good year for Swiss 8. I don't know if you want to do a quick recap off the top, the big milestones we, we, we hit before I lead into the Christmas break and we go on what we, what we achieved over Christmas and how we feel coming out of that. But Yeah, fuck yeah. I, I have no script or... Oh, hang on. Give me a second. I've lost my screen. Oh, mate, we could be in a pickle here. This is a common occurrence. Uh, Adrian's computer's oh, about to explode. No. no, 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 it's not exploding. I've got, I've got three. I've got a super station set up. And I've got three screens, and I just tried to pull the screen from one to the other, and it got lost in the gap. That's right. I found it. But now I'm going to yeah, so it this there's, way. A, there's one in, if you open Slack, there's a run sheet in there. Oh, is there? Yeah. I could fucking probably just start paying attention and, and preparing for podcasts. Right. Well, it's a bit late to look at a run sheet and come up with preloaded answers, mate. So let's just talk about it. Right. I'll, I'll send it. So I'd like to believe I know how to answer questions about Swiss 8 from last year. I hope so, mate. If I can remember what we did. It hazed out. Um, as a CEO for Swiss 8, give us a recap of, of the big milestones we hit in 2020 so that people following and people new know what the fuck Swiss 8's about and, and what we did. What we did. From the top, mate, we started off in Thailand. You weren't there, unfortunately, Max. Where were you in January last year? Not in Thailand. Anyway, me and Keegan went to Thailand with a few... There was a couple, uh, a couple of veterans and one dude that's still in. Um, one to test, do a bit of a recce for a, the hard reset concept that, we're gonna, that we have been building and, and rolling out. Um, and it was just good for us because we were not only like doing a recce, semi-testing a course model, but also doing it for ourselves. Like hard reset at the start of the year, 100% something that we should all be doing. Um, it's, I mean, New Year's resolutions are, a lot of people hate them. A lot, I think there's a lot of hate for New Year's resolutions, especially from PTs, because I mean, your ego gets in the way and you're like, oh, this is when everyone gets in at the start of the year and tells me how to do my job and change people's lives. And so they all jump on the wagon and go, New Year's resolutions are dog shit. And I'm like, it's not really true. You need the start of the year. Everybody wants to set themselves up for success. Um, why not fucking set some goals, do it properly, figure out a way to, to actually set goals, build a plan and, and find a path to achieve. Do you think them. that's the problem is that people set these massive goals, right? And they don't have steps to achieve it. hundred so, percent. Like I want to lose. So uh, a big, I, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to uh, lose 15 kilos. I'm going to learn four languages and I'm going to um, study a course at university. And then they get it and they're like, this is going to be sick. And then they go back to work Monday and they're like, I don't have any time in the day. I haven't broke my day up. I don't have a routine. How am I going to achieve this? Yeah, 100%. Um, most, most of the problem I think that people have is that they just, they, they, set too many tasks or set too many goals. And as soon as if you set 10 and you start to fail at one, you're like, ah, oh, fuck it. They're all joined together. There's connection. Cause I'd said I was going to do all 10 of them. If I can't do all 10, I'm going to do none. Um, and that's, that's like the old, um, there was a, there was a meme going around going about that going, if you drop off for one day, if you eat shit food for one day and you try and diet, don't be like, oh, I'm done. It's the same as dropping your iPhone and going, oh, it's got a crack on it. Now I'm going to stomp on it 10 times and really fuck it up. Like you wouldn't do it. But yeah, I reckon people set the bar too high, and they, well, for most, I think the the um, I mean the, the the biggest throwaway that I see from a lot of PTs going around is like a, a goal without a plan is just a wish, and most people are just wishing. 
Because, like, I mean, it's, this is a big part of what we do is, is identity, like tribe routine, identity purpose. And in the identity space, that is what New Year's resolutions are. It's like everyone going, I got to the end of the year. This year was either okay, good, bad, whatever. Next year, I want to re-identify as the person who's better at that thing. Um, I might as well, for lack of a better term, like people want to get better at life at the start of every year because they, they want their identity. They want people to see them as that person who's fit or that person who's healthy or learns each of shit or whatever it is that, that they tie their identity to. But, and that's what I'm getting at. Like New Year's resolutions are fuck. Like you, if you're going to make a massive lifestyle change, you need a milestone. Um, and unfortunately for, for the boys, veterans, especially that milestone's normally hitting rock bottom. It's like, Oh, I'm drinking a bit too much now, but I'll make a change when I get really, really fucked up. And yeah. Like, I'd rather kill myself. Or yeah. Yeah. Well, mate, that is that is it. And like, mate, I watched Fight Club again the other night because I'm I'm writing these um, I was writing those those male orientated meditation plans, and some of them are just pulling quotes out of Fight Club, making making sure everyone realizes that most of us you're a piece of shit, doesn't have to be a bad thing, being a piece of shit can be a good thing. But anyway, um, watching Fight Club, the the whole point of the movie, like Brad Pitt's character, is encouraging people to hit rock bottom, and there's something to it. But it's also not something I'd encourage because you wait if you're gonna wait for rock bottom to be your milestone to make some changes, 50-50 shot you're not making it out alive. So is that I mean that's the it, it, there's probably crossover there with the um socially uh what is it, the revenge body? You see people when they go through relationship breakups and then they mm. go and get Kim uh, not Kim which Kardashian did it? I'm gonna oh, I don't know. Really probably all of Kardashian. You can tell me all about it. Yeah, and they go, she breaks up with a guy, they break up with a guy, and they're like, I'm going to get super hot and piss him off. Well, generally, it's just, just get super hot because you've got to go back into the, you're back in the meat market, right? Mm. And you're like, you have a look in the mirror, and you're like, well, this isn't going to get anybody. Human ego, mate. Human ego requires you to win the breakup. But it is, it's to re-identify. You can't identify as the person who got dumped because you're, you're whatever your flaws are because generally relationships break down because of a flaw that you haven't addressed or that you refuse to believe is true um on one of the, some one of the two parties side but as soon as you're actually broken up you're like I'm, i've got to make sure i don't have any flaws i'm going to make my identity is now this person who's really good at everything and i'm not fat and i'm not an alcoholic anymore and i'm super hot but yeah you're right a part half of that's driven by ego to go i've got to get super hot to go out and pick up more dudes or chicks or whatever you're into anyway i think we're getting slightly like yeah back back to the start of the year we watched the kardashians (laughs) that was it (laughs) um so so. setting up routine at the start of year and and using it and and changing it's it's about and and from barry swarstein's podcast we did with him it's about reframing the problem and reframing the question and that is um a wish or a decision and people have lost the power of making a decision because they go i'd like to do these things i don't put anything in place it's just going to happen by itself we haven't made a decision and a decision is i'm going to do this no matter what and and empowering people to make decisions again would would i think really help them and giving them a routine to achieve that goal Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, we we um, 
we're obviously trying to build more and more tools all the time to, to help people with that. And, and we're not perfect. I'll be fucking more than honest about that. Like I've already looked at it. What are we two weeks in now? Um, and I'm already looking at my play going, I don't know how we tick all these boxes. Yep. <laughs> and I've written plans and I have got broken it down into chunks and built milestones. And already you turn, you go back and check your email the first day back. And you're like, well, there's the next month gone. Just responding to the 500 emails I got over Christmas. But I guess that's the point. And I had the, I had a good conversation with this um, chick, this doctor last night about um, structure and routine going. And that is kind of the purpose in it for me is that you can build the best plan in the world. This is like military 101. The best plan in the world is only as good as the first step out the gate. Then as soon as something goes wrong, your plan's out the window. But some people would argue that is a good uh, good, good case to not worry about writing plans, which I reckon is a dog shit opinion. I, my, I, I would say that if you have some form of plan, some form of structure, then when things go wrong, i.e. you go, I've got this whole, I've got the whole year mapped out, it's looking sick, every week I'm doing this, I've got the structure and routine. And then you go out to work on first day, you've got uh, 500 emails to respond to. And that means your entire first week's blown out. People will be like, why do you even bother writing a plan for your first week? And I'm like, because if I didn't, I would have gone in through those uh, 500 emails and then had a panic attack at the fact that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing for the rest of the year. Or I would have looked at the 500 emails, realized I had no structure or plan and had a panic attack and just fucking buried my head in the sand like uh, whatever that bird is, buries its head in the sand. Ostrich. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I better say flamingo. I'm like, don't say it, mate. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but that is that is the point. The point of a structure, routine, lifestyle, and a plan isn't so that you do the same shit every day without fail. And if you do miss a day at the gym, you kill, you hate yourself for for fucking up. That's not the point. The point is to have some kind of structure so that when adversity hits you, you don't have a panic attack, or you have less of a panic attack. Controlled so, life track, you are. And this goes with setting yourself up for the year. And, and so the Better at Life course, Hard Reset, Recon in Thailand, success? Or yep. is there still stuff we're working on? And, and what, are the, what are the implications from COVID? All right. Sorry, boys. I'm going to – my bloody house is a sauna at the moment. I do love a good sauna, but I've just got to air out so I don't fall off my chair. Um, yeah, so we got, we got to January before we got distracted. Um, Thailand was, I would say, an epic success. We went over there. Cobes, uh, Sean Cobes, is one of our ambassadors, ex-former sniper, uh, now head strength and conditioning coach, Tiger Mutai. He kind of hosted us while we were there, introduced us to a bunch of locals, uh, the guys who own Tiger Mutai, set up like hotel partnerships, cap, like you can get food. The, the concept was we could take people to Thailand and um, food, accommodation, training, itinerary everything sorted you don't have to think about the first two weeks of your year you just have to practice healthy routine and habits um and that was sick and so we used that model to map out like one of the what we call now the, the better at life hard reset program which is essentially get people out of their day-to-day nine-to-five living environment do a full reset um then we come back fast forward i'll, I'll jump back to the the yoga stuff and we fast forward what like three months um mid-March we start to hear rumors of people eating bats in China I'm like oh that sounds good and then no one really gave a fuck like be honest we were so at this time we're in the three of us are in Byron Bay um getting zen and doing a doing a basic instructor's course for yoga um and corona they were calling at the time had already hit hit China 
Um, and no one really gave a fuck. Like, like yeah, it's, that's a, I mean, that's the, our generation's attitude. It's like, unless someone right next to me is affected by it, then I don't really care. Um, which is terrible if you want to proactively plan a business model, but, uh, I don't think anyone predicted this shit going as ridiculous as it, as it did. Um, the smarter you are, I believe this is unpopular. The smarter you are and the more research you did, the less impact you thought it was going to have because it was all driven by media and it was just a big hype circus. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Um, so yeah, we're doing this. We did the yoga course. All three of us got qualified, kind of, um, as super yoga instructors. Then I've got the certificate. Yeah. I'm going to put it up on the wall uh, just here. I'm you, got to, well, you, you got to write a yoga program for the app, mate. That is Uncle Tony's yoga. Yeah, um, once once we finish the the functional yin yoga approach, the whole lot will be on there. I spoke. Oh, I messaged. I messaged Tristan yesterday. Tristan Rose from Blind Tiger is the one that's organised this whole yoga training thing. He's a legend. And he sent me a message. He's like, "Where are you at with this um, the yin component?" I'm like, "Bro, I love the idea of it. And I want to do it. I just in my priority list at the moment, there's some shit I got to get done in the first quarter of this year." that doesn't involve getting upskilled in yoga. Um, so I don't know what the next step is. We'll have to discuss that offline, I think, because good, fucking 100%, um, you boys, if you've got time, Max, definitely get, get quiet because you're the next one going on the app as an instructor. Um, but I might have to postpone for six months. I don't think I'm going to be doing yoga classes anytime soon unless I do them between two and four in the morning. Which, fuck that. Because sleep's important. <laughs> I thought you were talking about sex then. <laughs> I don't. I don't have time for that either, mate. Um, so the Thailand's a success. COVID locks down. We can't go to. We can't do because we were looking at Europe and Thailand to run these retreats in. Yeah, uh, people yeah. away from because it's it's like if you're if you're a smoker or a heavy drinker and you want to quit. And the next thing you do is you get a text message or a phone call from one of your mates like, oh, do you want to go to the pub for a cheeky beer? You're like, yeah, go on then. We might as well. So removing people away from those circles of influence that have a negative impact, surrounded by all high performers, all highly high performing, highly optimized dudes that that doesn't feel like you're in some like woohoo place. Um, send it off, get it done, and then come back and continue those routines when you get back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we can bounce around with the chronological timeline, but the intent for, for the Better at Life program is there's four, five, if you want to include the Virtus stuff, which is um, one of the SF boys has, has got a leadership program that uh, we'll, we'll do some work with as well. But the Better at Life program at the moment in its MVP kind of stage is general certification which is um a one to two week course depending on how compressed we we, we got timeline variations based on how much time people got um that is like where anyone can come and become certified in the better at life um fuck what's the word i'm looking for model um it's how, how can we compare it it's like doing mental health first aid training like the base level is the training that makes everybody in the room understand it. You get certified that you've completed the course. You can't go out and teach other people though. Um, then the next level up to Better Life Team Leader, which that's realistically, that's designed for corporates. Um, 
Whereas the, the next step up is better at life coaching, which is uh, or coaches, which we would aim at veterans and, and the guys keep transitioning out of the military. Do the first course, learn the why behind the eight pillars of, of holistic living and health. Uh, and then if you want to teach other people with uh, Swiss aid endorsement or the better at life certification mark, you would become a coach. There's one in the middle as well for team leaders because I, we, we kind of validated with a few big companies going, if we get all of your guys, obviously this is something we're talking to BHP about. Um, they were one of our biggest supporters last year. Get all your guys better at life. Um, <coughs> um, understand why fitness is important, nutrition, mindfulness, sleep, personal growth, all that kind of stuff. Um, because the why, without the why, you're just being told what to do and, and fuck that. Like I don't respond well to that kind of training. I want to know why. I'm being taught a certain way and why it's good for me and all that kind of stuff. So that's what the first course is about. Then the team leader one's designed so that in every office unit or every office, uh, every every mindset, like every team or, or whatever they're broken down into, um, one person per team should be qualified as a leader. And that makes them not the go-to person. There is a bit more mental health um, signs and symptoms kind of training in that one so that you can identify if the boys or, or someone in your office, boys, girls, whatever, uh, are hiding issues or they are struggling. Like you'd be the go-to person to then redirect to resources, which we obviously provide like a bunch of resources that, that are either about health, uh, healthy living or uh, reactive mental health stuff. And then, the, then there's the hard reset, which we talked about, which was where we, it's just more like a retreat. Um, we do go through like the basic, uh, better at life course on that retreat but it is way more in depth it's like a one to two instructor to, to, to candidate model um, so you don't have 50 people and only one instructor like it's it's meant to be hands on you're getting pulled out of, of your normal life and you're going to go and kind of immerse yourself in, in healthy living with one dude you and your mate have got one instructor all day every day telling you helping you mentoring kind of on how to live like a normal healthy person and then getting uh, and yeah, getting all that together. Obviously, we're a charity, and we're like we're, we're moving into um, a sh Anzac Day. And we're like, how are we going to fund all these amazing ideas without um, constantly having your hand out, um, like every other charity? How do we do it? How do we make it fun? We're like, you know what? Maybe we could do um, the world's biggest meat raffle and uh, Shirley Day two up. Oh, sorry, so that was, yeah. So that was after that was after COVID hit. So we got, we tried, we we essentially launched Swiss Eight mid twenty nineteen. We kind of registered it earlier in the year, launched it kind of softly, quietly, because we still had that um, Bulgarian version of the app that was good for about four and a half seconds until it crashed. Um, and so we're like, all right, we've got to launch it. We've got to. Oh yeah, how did you feel about that? So so we we went nationally on Channel Seven. Had thirty thousand people download the app, and, and the night it happened, it crashed. Wow! Yeah, what I felt was cool, cool, man. That was that was probably one of the happiest moments of my life. It was really good. Nah, it was it was dog shit. But I mean, what can you do? You got to fail to find your mistakes. And, and really, the, situ the situation we were in as well was pretty funny. Like we'd all getting ready for the stomp. That was the background of it, and we were all in the same spot, ready to step off from Sydney, living out of our gear that we were going to walk around the country with and then it gets shut down and we're trapped living in a front yard of a farm yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. and that was fear of uh we were going to go anyway the fear of fines uh government restrictions and jail time sort of put a stop to 
I'm all for running the gun, but when you're looking at massive fines, corporate. Well, individual... So the big issue I think that we, that we talked about at the time was like being a veterans or well, a veteran led veteran created organization. Um, reputation and, and kind of integrity is the number one deal breaker. Like if, if someone says, I need you to walk in, there's a 50, 50 chance you're going to get shot in the face. But if you don't do it, your integrity is out the window. You're like, I'm fucking going. Um, and then we got to like D-Day, like Stomp, we were supposed to step off. So Max, you'd come down from Townsville, you'd rented your house out. Dave said goodbye to his kids for nine months, rented his house out, comes down. Um, Keegan's driving around like a bloody hippie in a truck. We're all in Sydney and then um, they're like, ah, oh, the borders have started to close. I don't think we're going to get across the Queensland border. And we're like, we'll fucking walk across the Queensland border because if we don't, we've told everyone we're going. Like we're on our honour now. We've got to go. <laughs> and then we kind of, the, the final card was when they're like, no, if you go, everyone's going to think you're fuckwits for breaking the law. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably more important. Let's not do that. And then, because at the time, I mean, looking back at it now, you're like, the borders are shut. Cool. The world stops. You're used to it after a year of living like a fucking caged rat. But at the, when, at the very start, we're like, nah. You're going to shut the world down? No, you're not. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you uh, won't. And you did. <laughs> and you did. Mate. So and we all, so what do we do? We RV'd at, at, at Pod Point. Pottsville. Pottsville. So we got the fuck out of Sydney real quick. Um, and that was uh, without, once we realised that it was a real thing and uh, the world was going to change off the back of COVID, whether or not it was a real uh, not, a, not a non-real virus, but whether or not the virus is as bad as people say it was or whether the media was blowing up doesn't really matter anymore. We realised like the world's weird shit could happen. But for the first few months, I think everyone was the same, especially the boys were like, this could be zombies. Like, not actual zombies, but like this could be the thing where they're talking about where the power goes out and the grid goes down, people start dying because no one on the planet these days knows how to fend for himself. We're like, that could, this could be it. And so we were like, well, let's get the fuck out of Sydney because I don't need to be in a city with 8 million people in it that don't know how to fend for himself. Um, so we pushed like north of Hornsby and then stayed there for a week uh, on a farm. And then we're like, nah, we've got to find something more stable. Pushed up the coast to Potts Point, which, mate, I don't even know if they've heard of COVID yet. Like, remember driving into Potts Point? Like, it was business as usual. No one gave a fuck. There's no police oh, station. Yeah. There's this tiny little town. We probably just ruined it. Because everyone's going to want to go there now. Next time COVID, border lockdowns. Um, st- would we stay there for about a month or so? And that's when um, I don't. I, I wouldn't say anyone got panicky, but we did go. All right, we've got a few big sponsors for the Stomp. Um, that was our walk around Australia was our fundraising method for the year. Um, we might be in a pickle now if this is off. And then the boys from um, Matt and Mick came up with the the concept to to do the world's biggest meat raffle. And that was, that was, well, I wouldn't call it a savior. We didn't raise that much money, but it was fucking good. Um, and then we went straight from that into, down to uh, Coffs, Coffs RSL. He can get a shout out, mate. Raf from Coffs, Coffs X, what a legend. Let us do, play two up, live stream two up from Coffs Diggers, uh, Coffs X. On Anzac. Massive, massive step out of our comfort zone using TV cameras and live streaming setup that I mm. no one had any idea how to use. Yeah, that was good. It was good. I think we we might have been the only people in Australia or the world last year playing two up. I'm sure people were playing it. 
and had a couple of boys. Google come up. Was it Google? Come up, give us a hand. Yeah, Ben. Ben from Google came up, plugged us in, and taught us how to live stream. I don't know. I, I didn't teach me. I've got no idea how to do it. But yeah, he's a legend, mate. Benny from Google. And then, then what we do? I don't know. What do we do? We kept moving forward. Um, app relaunched. The new app. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's when BHP came to save the day again. Um, and that's the the we've actually got a, a press release going out next week. It's got to get approved by BHP first. But so BHP. We, we built originally um, the app concept was it was going to be free for veterans uh, and that's what the charity was built around. And then COVID hits and the, the four kind of main, oh, well, the tribe routine identity purpose stuff that we focused on, that we validated with a veteran audience kind of became relevant for everyone because most people at the start, there was no job keeper or if, if it, when it came in, no one knew how it worked and everyone's like, oh, sweet, I don't have a job anymore. Might not have a job tomorrow. Um, who knows what's going on in the world. There's no toilet paper in the shops. Um, and everyone was fucking freaking out. So we're like, all right, we've got this tool. Let's just give it to everyone. Um, and ran the numbers and like, yeah, give it to everyone for free and that'll last about eight days and then we'll be out of business. So then BHP was like, oh, if you're not doing the stomp, don't worry about that sponsorship money, just keep it. And then they're like, oh, and if you need more, um, we're, we're setting up a vital resource or they had a vital resources fund. I think they, they had like 50 million bucks that they were just giving away to any business who could do anything to support um, people through COVID. Now, we def definitely didn't get 50 million, but um, they they gave us enough to just keep the lights on while um, no other companies were really thinking about donating money to charities. So that was sick. And we ended up opening up for free to everyone, which is kind of the model we've run with and we'll keep doing. Um, Hopefully someone from BHP is watching this and they're like, yeah, it's all right. We'll just keep giving you money if you want to keep giving it for free to everyone. Um, the other thing is walking around the country and, and trying to trying to shake tins um, in the middle of a bushfire. A, 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 a bushfire. And a flood. Yeah, I know. Shaking tins in general is kind of pretty fucking gross, but and it's not... I mean, we said this from the start. Like, there's, there's too many veteran charities out there. I mean, we kind of cross, we, we blur the lines between veteran charity and mental health because um, we kind of fit in both. But there is way too many veterans organisations out there shaking buckets for fuck knows what. Um, there's a lot of ones out there doing a lot of good shit too, don't get me wrong, but we never wanted to be one of those ones where we're shaking tins, asking for pocket change from old people at the bloody foreshore. Because that, I mean, half the problem is, that, half the problem that we're trying to solve now is that this big bloody victim narrative that, that pushes that kicks around and, and everyone to raise money or raise their own their self their own status they they pitch that veterans are all broken the government does nothing for them and that's just fucking bullshit a veterans aren't broken and b the government does a shitload we have the uh, i'm gonna go off on a rant so stop me whenever but australia has the gold standard of veterans fucking welfare from from a government perspective uh we're, we're, while you're serving you're the best paid army in the world Correct. When you get out, to name a few, um, you get cheap insurances. So DVA do their own insurances for veterans, uh, for home insurance, car insurance, contents insurance. Uh, you get money from Army to buy a house. You get a, a new retention scheme where if you stay in, or what, if you're in the Army, the is it Dohas, where your years of service and your operational deployment history accrue to getting cheap. Um, they literally chip in and pay your mortgage to a percentage of, uh, on a scale of how long you've been in and, and what you've done. And then when you yeah. get out, 
you can effectively claim for all of your injuries. Um, and the problem is that is everyone is claiming for it. Yeah. Yeah, there's too much. Let's be honest. Australia, Australian government does too much for veterans. Nah, that'll be a sound bite now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, nah, they, I mean, there's always stuff that they can improve on. 100%. There's a shitload of stuff that governments can improve on. We've, we've probably beat this fucking donkey to death, this conversation. But um, the point the point was we didn't want to be going around shaking tins for, for money. And um, that was never the point of the stomp. The stomp was to go around, let every military base in Australia know that we existed, get people using the app. Um, with the intent that down the track, when we start to do fundraisers, we can get the awareness of big companies have got plenty of pocket change that they can throw away which has kind of happened luckily through covid a lot of a lot of companies it was uncertain at the start but um a lot of the big companies were not hit at all like um all, all tech companies like zoom stocks went through the roof like any any finance um basically most white collar companies did pretty well tourism got fucked on proper still are shutting borders down 12 months later what are you doing but anyway, um, what next? Don't let me rant about politicians, man. <laughs> Premiers. No, we did. Uh, I'd love to have a chat. We went from, so the stomp shut down. We did Sam Kakovich in the world's biggest meat raffle. We got a Guinness record. Um, we played a bit of two up uh, live stream to, for community and, and keeping people doing what they're doing. Obviously, Anzac Day is the big, one of the big days on the calendar. Um, relaunched the app in its new way after receiving funding from bhp that was sorry that's where we went off target yeah bhp gave us some cash that meant we could bring in an in-house tech team redesign it rebuild it relaunch it we did have we cut a bunch of features because there was a bunch of fluff on there that wasn't needed yet we will slowly reintroducing it now but that was the big milestone if anything if, if nothing else happened in 2020 the big one was we got to the point where we could bring our own tech team in-house and rebuild the app um so we're now, and this is a slow process for anyone listening to it who's like, oh, how come you're not moving as quick as Facebook? Because we've got two. They've got, they got like 8,000. I just made that number up. It's probably way more. Um, they've got thousands of, of developers, thousands of designers. We've got one developer uh, and a freelance designer, So, and which is growing. Like the more, as we keep getting more and more partnerships, that team needs to grow. But that's why we're that we re got all the bugs out, rebuilt the framework of the app, and now we're in the phase where we're, with through Keegan, building a whole bunch of new sexy content that'll go on there, um, aiming to flood it with content over the next um, month or so, so that people can kind of set up um, their their 2021 goals using a, a tool that makes everything easier. Because I think New Year's Eve, like everyone wakes up New Year's Day, no one's kicking goals with fucking New Year's resolutions on the 1st of January. But that is the day that all the PTs, all the all the life coaches and stuff start spamming the world, spamming social media with advertising. And then, I, I may, sorry, we're going around in circles, but I think that, that can be a part of the drama too. If you go, all right, I have to have my shit squared away by the 1st of January. 2nd of January comes around and you're like, I was hungover all day yesterday. Oh, fuck, I've started the year off shit again. Like, no, you haven't. Yeah, 2021, 2022. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're stopping your eye. Oh, I've lost a day. Might as well get fatter and lazier. Let's start again next year. But no, nah, like the, the year really, or it starts when you go out to work. For most people, that's next week or the week after. It depends how good you Military guys, it's like mid-February because they get 50 weeks off a year. Yeah, it's after Australia. That's when the, yeah. you have Australia as your last blowout and then yeah. settle in. 
So that's when you want to be starting to set goals, like when you go back to work, because that's that's your mate for most people. That's your the 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 foundation of your structure is, unfortunately, your Monday to Friday nine to five. That's happening whether you like it or not. So start to build a routine around that, and then you'll be good to go. And we'll have tools pumping out next week. Well, there was one went out last night, but I'm not sure if it was loaded properly. I have to give Jess a smack and go and, and go again. Uh, and, and, and then we're like, you know what? We're going to have to do, are we going to do a yearly fundraiser? What, what's the one big thing we're going to do every year? What's going to be Swiss Aid's fundraiser? What It'll is going to be? Barbecue. Barbecue. I, think we're, I mean, that's, that's what we planned for for this year again. Um, I reckon it was sick. Again, open to feedback, public opinion. If anyone says they got, it was dog shit and they got something better they want to do. Um, but what I don't want to do is just change every year. I don't want to just fucking shoot from the hip and, and, Testing and validating shit, 100%. But for the one primary fundraiser, barbecue to remember, 11 November. This year, I reckon we do add some extra shit to it, but like um, October, November, I mean, fun runs have been done to death. The barbecue will be the framework of everything we do because out of um, the whole campaign last year, the, the biggest positive was everyone who got involved, you could tell that was, people were having a good time. Like if you get to a barbecue and don't have a good time, you probably got to look in the mirror and go, oh, maybe I'm just a miserable fuck. But like, like barbecues are designed for people to be happy and hang out with their mates. And, and when you hang out with your mates, generally you're happy unless you've got shit mates. So, <laughs> which, yeah, can't There's people it. tying knots right now, mate. Um, <laughs> no, but that'll be, the, that'll be the big one every year to be the barbie. I'd um, like to see, I'd like to see the, 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 the push to remove the barbecues from the backyard and put them in the front yard and create communities within your neighborhood your neighbor left and right put your barbecue Fuck on your front right. lawn have a barbecue invite your neighbors everyone gets out the front because i think that i was speaking to uh grenon dyke um who's over in new zealand ex ex uh one hour lad and they said that the the sense of community they have in new zealand especially within the defense force he knows his neighbors left right and back and the kids can run off and play like 1970s they know they're not going to get fiddled or abducted or if they're naughty, the neighbors will smack them and send them home without fear of like, you can't talk to my kid like that or you can't do it. It's, it's literally 1970s um, neighborhoods, uh, communities. And I mm. think that'd be something to be sick to see. Yeah, mate. I, th- I mean, I, I still, I find that's still kind of the case in Maroubra. Um, it's smaller towns like tribal mentality. And that's, that's what we're missing in Australia. The, the bigger your population gets, um, the more disconnected. So the more people there are, the more disconnected you get. And that's kind of shit. Like we've got to find a way to, to, to stay connected. Because um, like I had a chat with one of the local boys this morning and, and this came up. Like Maroubra is still, it's part of Sydney, eastern suburbs, but it's still small enough that everyone knows everyone. Um, not everyone, obviously, but there's young kids running around the streets with their parents because... 50% of the adult age people here know whose kids they are and they're looking out for them uh, in both directions. Like you said, like if, if that kid's in trouble, all the local parents are going to look out for them. If that kid fucks up, someone's giving him a smack. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I sit on both sides of the coin with this because I've got kids. If, if someone else smacks my kid in the middle of sitting in the heart of Sydney, that person's in fucking trouble. But if we live in like a, a coastal locals town um, where everyone's got the same kind of values and someone smacks my kid, I'm going to the kid going, what did you do? But 
I don't know. It's a weird one, mate. It's a weird one in 2021. Mate, I had, I had, uh, I've just rented my property out in Townsville, and the neighbours I had there, he would come, he'd mow his lawn, and then he'd come and mow my front strip of my, like, he would, there wasn't this imaginary line at the metre box where you're like, no, no, your line starts there, my line starts here, and I'll just mow to my imaginary line where your property would start. Well, they did and that to I'm, you? Yeah, he just mow the whole, no, he just mow the whole lot. Oh, and yeah. And then uh, come out and edge it in his, in his swimmers and stuff. Um, and then we, I'd, we had some rascals running around the backyard just a couple of weeks ago. He called the cops. Um, they went around and, and sorted them out. And I think it's creating that neighbourhood that I think we're lacking. Or maybe I'm just talking from a biased, like, if you look for yellow beetles, you'll see yellow beetles everywhere. Um, mm. uh, and maybe everyone's like, no, I have a really good relationship with my neighbours. You veterans are just degenerate, isolated. But I think... Nah, some- mate, it's, it's, it's the, the times that we're living in. It's like the, yeah, it's it's old school mentality. Less people, mate, I'm, I'm convinced it's a population thing too. So the more people you have, the less people look out for each other. Because um, I, I, I was the same. Like at, well, we I kind of experienced growing up, our next door neighbours that moved in. When the first ones, when I was um, like probably one to 12, whatever, legends, old people, there was no fences down the back. Everyone's property just ran into it. If one person's mowing, you're probably mowing three lawns that day because you do them all, and then someone hits you back next time. Then these other neighbours moved in. Who knows where they came from? Um, changed everything. It's like they will mow a hard line. Literally, a surveyor couldn't get the line straight out. They'll mow a hard <laughs> line straight down the centre and be like, fuck your grass. Um, big silver fences up. It's gross. But anyway, Keegan, what are you doing, mate? Sort that fucking camera out. You're a bloody producer. If you didn't point it out, no one would have noticed. No, I pointed it out so everyone noticed, mate. <laughs> distracting me going web utility off, on, off, on. I'll get it sorted, mate. It's all Sorry, good. you can edit this bit out, mate. Yeah, well, one second. I'm just muting back out again. So the, the, the app uh, is out. We did the barbecue to remember, which we got federal support. And we got federal support, and I think it was big. When we were on the lawns of Parliament, uh, of the War Memorial, and we, there, was a, there was a group of people that, that come together like a fraternity of dudes. And, and the biggest thing that they said was a breath of fresh air was we weren't there to bash their ears and abuse them. We were like, how can we help you spread your message? And then how, and, and as a byproduct, how can you help us mm. in that? And I think that was received well with the turnout that we got. Most of the federal members got on board. Um, I think the veteran space is still, um, respected i'm just was in fear of losing that respect that veterans have through what we do um so we banged the barbecue remember we got national exposure we got a lot of campaigns done uh, across tv the advert stuff how do you feel about advertising what about what do you mean the ads that we put out yeah yeah that was a, On that the- last one mate i'll tell you what i'll run that story through that I don't want to throw people under the bus. Come on, oh, we just won't say who they are. So yeah, we had this. Names. We had this. Um, they're from Sydney or Melbourne, one or two. I don't know. This PR company that was that was going to um, help get a bunch of media attention for the barbecue campaign. And very similar to what um, uh, Matt was saying from from Dollbox. He goes, "When you you need to understand how all the pieces work, so otherwise you hire consultants and they don't they do fuck all and they charge five times the normal price." Um, and that's what these PR boys did. They wrote press releases. They sent them out to no one. We got no, no media from them at all. And then they're like, all right, we've got to have this ad 
there was another fuck up in there from another company like did a deal with channel nine by deal i mean they paid full freight for nothing um and got 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 a, an advertising slot that we didn't find out about until uh 24 24 hours out so we had 24 hours to put an ad together and this pr company's like now nah, we'll do it we'll do it and they sent us this thing um the the night before deadline which i was like what's fueling in my mouth a little bit made me sick bro like no shit when i saw that i'm like if this goes to air we are toast this is an ad that kills companies because it was terrible and so we go turn around to keegan um and go mate you got 24 hours no sleep tonight just go and go and pull us together an ad and mate the finished product was fucking sick like i rate it we should chuck it in here i don't know how you do it if that's a thing but <laughs> maybe you can edit it later and let people watch it or put it in the top corner or whatever i'll just yeah. send a link put a link up so people can watch it yeah but for a 24-hour turnaround for a national television ad that was fucking good to go it wasn't um, just that we had to we had to register uh because we thought we thought we'd just make the ad and then send it in it's done and i thought that's how ads worked like i thought the tv station deals with it that he's given the media we've never done it before yeah um we ring him up and I was like, yeah, mate, ad's ready to be sent to you. And he's like, yeah, I need you to register for this online thing. It needs to go through this like approval. Uh, so yeah, like it's, fucking it's free to come to air. Yeah. And I was like, uh, what the f- fuck are you talking about, mate? I have no yeah. idea. So yeah. Mate, we, we, to we need to find out because that chick saved us. That, um, forget what it was called. Oh, I should bring it up because I ring this chick. We've got 45 minutes till cut off. Ad's ready to go. Send in. Like, no, no, it's, you got to format it and put it through for... Um, what do they call it? Parental guidance, te- no, the, whatever it is, to make sure you're pretty not. Pretty much for it's pretty much so it gets a rating to say, uh, yeah. yeah, this is good for breakfast. You're not you're not saying fuck on national TV. Um, and so the submission things like you need at least 24 hours of submission for it to get approved on time. And I, so I rang the number, and the chick's like, "Yeah, you got 45 minutes till cut off. You've got no chance of making it." I'm like, "I'm aware. What, what can we do?" And she helped. She spoon fed me through everything, mate. Yeah. Uh, and made sure we got it across the line in time. And it went live, allegedly. I never saw it, but the, according uh, to the sales rep from Channel 9, they they played it every time they had to. I had, so, mates, that, I had mates that saw it. Yeah, I think for most of the, the time it was running, I was um, I was either in Byron Bay or, or like regional parts, and it only ran Metro, like so capital yeah. city. But, yeah, that's, um, that's probably my biggest milestone for the year, I think. yeah. Smashed so at least we're gonna, advertisement. We can officially say, mate, you built a national TV ad. Yeah. And just while we're on that, I might as well let you know we're gonna run another one on Win News, uh Win Network <laughs> next week. So get to work. Nah, not next week, but we are I think we should. Like Win came to us with some pretty pretty sick deals. I don't like T V advertising too much because I don't think many of our demographic watch a lot of T V, but um it's it's a wicked deal, so we might have to take them up on it. Yeah. I think if you can get it at the right price, it's worth it. Yeah. But I think we definitely learned this year that running our own social media advertisement helps us hit a lot more numbers than fucking some oh, other goons. 100%. 100%. Especially for a grassroots kind of campaign or grassroots organization like we still are. Yeah. For a thousand bucks on social media is better than 30 grand on TV by far. Yeah. yeah that breakfast, well, that, that surprised me how much the numbers that we got from the breakfast, uh, TV sort of segments. I thought the numbers would have been giant, no. but uh, yeah, garbage. Com- garbage compared to our own stuff. So. Yeah, 
I mean, it's, it's obviously, I mean, this is marketing, learning learning new skills in marketing as well. We, we've done a lot of digital stuff in the past, haven't done a lot of above the line, like mainstream stuff. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's where our market is. I don't think the people, they're definitely like the boys, when, when we get to the point where we've got a, a giant budget where we can do like um, educational ads rather than um, promoting an event or an activation, like if we're just doing educational ads, 100%, like you're going to pick up... Um, uh, kind of our core demographic men, women around the country watching TV at certain times. But if you need an ad to convert and bring people in to either download apps, donate, get involved in an event, whatever, social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Google is where it's at, or and YouTube, obviously. But yeah, and so that, got that an pulled, and that really pulled a lot of a lot of Swiss aids uh, to people away from content. Pr- producing content and getting content on the app right that yes. was six months which switch targets uh got to november december all good then swiss eight went to dow at the end are you, you jump you jump in steps but yeah you're right it did pull our we got two full-time people two and a half kind of three just two let's get stick stick with two um our primary function is to build mental health tools built by veterans for veterans, everyone else as well. Um, we are never going to, and this is like, I've had hundreds of chats with people, charities. A lot of them start, like we said before, so everyone starts with the best intentions. A lot of them turn into self licking ice creams where they're like, I need to raise money to do my job, but I need to commit 99% of my resources into raising money. Therefore I put 1% into doing the job. I'm like, we are never going to be that. We're not a fucking fundraising company. And then we got stuck in this loop of building this barbecue concept, which essentially was brand awareness and fundraising. And it sucked every minute of all of our teams, not just staff, but volunteers, everyone got sucked into that barbecue funnel. Um, and I'd love to blame other people for, for saying they were going to do stuff and then completely shit in the bed, but you can't, like, you can't blame anyone else. You gotta look at yourself and go, how do I not fuck this again next time? Which again, great fucking segue into business rules. You've got to fail all the time and go, if you fail again at the same thing, you're a fucking idiot. Um, but if you fail once, which we kind of did last year with the barbecue, big, um, not that the event or activation was a failure, but the way we ran Swiss 8 while organizing the barbecue, we did nothing with the app for three months. While we were building the campaign, because we lost a few assets from an outside company, we had to commit all resources to the barbecue thing again um, I reckon we need to start ego checking because that was an, that was an integrity and an honour thing. Otherwise, we would have pulled the pin on the barbecue in October. But I'm like, yeah. no, nah, we have committed. We are fucking seeing this through. And we all said the same thing. We're going to see it through. That's what the brand is, man. And I think that, stay with it. You're like, yeah, I'm all for it. But I am not doing what we did last year again, mate. That was like two and a half, three months of just working around the clock. Um, which is good. I mean, I, I enjoy it as well. But the, the the problem was we didn't build any new programs for the app in the last quarter of last year. Which that's not what we're about. Like we're about fucking building fun shit so that other people can learn and how to do fun shit and balance their life and whatever. Anyway, got through it. Learned some expensive and, and intelligent lessons, I guess. And then end of the year, wrapping up. Um, Isaac Heaney from the Swans comes on properly as an ambassador. Um, he's a fucking legend. That kid. Um, 
and he loves fishing. He's all for the mentality, uh, the, the, the kind of model of holistic living, obviously, super young, high-performing, um, fit kid. But also, under, he, he gets the, the whole life after sport kind of thing, um, understands that you're high-performing now when you're young and ambitious, but you've got to make sure you've got shit to, to keep you excited when you when you um, prior one kind of objective in life is, is done and dusted. Um, and he loves fishing and he's talking about doing more and more fishing videos and stuff. So we went to Darwin, not just to, to do, uh, shoot this fishing video with Isaac, but, um, to do a bit of a recce, like we went up there met a bunch of people, um, did go, did do some fishing. Isaac, Isaac was, um, built and Keegan put together the kind of learn to fish program. Um, it's a real basic intro one just to, to get people like myself who have, haven't really thrown a cast a line since I was six back into fishing but while we're up there man we went andrew from ringers western mate he's a fucking legend as well um knows everyone and just coincidentally they were up there doing a, a um, merch shoot at the same time and we ended up out with them for like the first three days we're up there um doing like a hybrid crossover swiss eight slash ringers western merch shoot um and now we'll we've got this new stock line coming out like all swiss eight shirts men's women's shirts singlets um pretty much everything that we're going to start selling in the future will come from ringers so it'll be ringers gear with swiss eight logos on it which is good because i think there's a lot of the boys out there that especially military people getting in getting behind ringers is like the new aussie outback um brand which is good so isaac heaney was was and i suppose one of the ambassadors that we we got on to swiss eight last year mark wales um mm. sas yep. cap troop commander Yep. Um, Survivor great. and about to be a book writer as well. His book comes out in May, I think. Yeah. Fuck. And so he he was part of this whole part of the 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 glory years of the of the Australian Army and the and the SAS um, has done it all and lived it all and and he's what he's a B grade celebrity, famous, and yeah. was like and and probably has his schedule booked out and as, as soon as. You have trust and belief in a cause it sells itself and he's like i'm in let's fucking go uh, yeah. got him on a podcast got him on as an ambassador um watch out for some secret little content that might be coming out we're not going to talk about it um and uh not only that straight from mark wales sas uh troop commander to the wolf brothers mm-hmm. yeah, a bunch wolf of legends. legends too um, they're coming on there. Yeah, they're on as ambassadors as well. And I mean, this is another thing, just catching, tying up loose ends from last year. Um, Isaac, Mark and, and the Wolf Brothers, they're all on as ambassadors now. We haven't got them on the website yet because we're just kind of filling blanks for, oh, just, just tying loose ends together for the next few weeks and wrapping stuff up. But they'll be up there soon. Um, there's another, oh, what, yeah, we won't release the other one. There's another one coming on, hopefully. We've got to have another chat with his manager, but that'll be a good one. Um, UFC fighter. I spoke to. I, I think I told you the other day. Jess. Jess Clark. She's back. She never really left. Um, I think she. So who's Jess Clark? UFC fighter. Aussie chick. Used to met her in Townsville. Um, lives in the lives in the states now. Um, what are those eyeballs for? Um, lives in the states now. She's got. She's she's still fighting. Still winning. Um, I don't know when the next fight is. I won't talk shit. But. Um, She's a legend, mate. She's you watch her posts as well, and she's she's got her own experience with mental health shit, um, which is why we didn't with all that went on last year. We kind of really didn't didn't do enough reaching out 
to our ambassadors because it's it's, it's got to be a two way street. Like they they've got an audience, they've got a following, and that's why we obviously want ambassadors. But we, we we're going to partner with people who have understand what we're trying to do. Most of them have lived through their own shit, so I guess it's on us as well to to reach out to them once a month and check in and make sure our ambassadors. Because I think that's one of the problems too. When you when you get famous people around you, you assume because people are famous, they must always be fucking living well, always be happy and positive. But famous people are going through shit all the time as well. But anyway, I'm waffling. So yeah, Wolf Brothers, Walesy, Isaac, they're on. That's pretty big. And and the, I I was surprised with the Wolf Brothers how, how how keen they were and how down to earth, especially when they jump on the podcast and just. That, that was a real podcast from, from people who can put your foot in it because I, I think, not that I'm, I wouldn't imagine that there has to be an air of mystery to being famous, I would imagine, and they come out and they threw it all out on the table and were like, yeah, I've done my own fair share of mental health dramas and not, the awareness is done, but, but having people who you look up to saying the same stuff, it was pretty admirable, I thought. Mm. Yeah, and, at the end of the day, mate, people are just people. Um, if you got famous tomorrow for being Joe Rogan Mark II, would you change? Fuck no. no. You'd probably have more money, probably spend $500 million on Bitcoin just before it collapses again. But other than that, you wouldn't change. As a person, oh, look at Keegan. He's checking his Bitcoin account. <laughs> Rob 78 bucks, boys. Uh, um, if anyone's <laughs> uh, with Bitcoin, uh, buy high and then sell low. Yeah, um, that's the key to the stock market, I think. Yeah, that's what I did. Bought, bought high, <laughs> sold low. Um, you did, you bought into a fucking Ponzi scheme Bitcoin mine that didn't exist. Yeah, I'll find them one day. One day. <laughs> hey, spoiler uh, alert. No, you won't. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm checking and so we went down, we did a bit of a bunch of networking leading into the Christmas break. Was, was there stuff that you did after Darwin? Did you have a blowout? Did you fall off the... Did you fucking oath? You did. I went way too hard over Christmas, mate, and that's that's my my start of the year is just about accountability and fucking setting some goals because yeah, Christmas was a blowout. As it should yeah, be, so I'm not going to shy away from Christmas. Correct. That's what I was about to get at. Yeah. Um, not ashamed of it. I'm not not going to shy. Yeah, not going to shy away from Chrissy. Just know that you're going to come out the other end feeling like shit, and then you're going to have to pull it all back together. Mate, I, I'm still battling with, with this, um, but slow, I'm not battling, I'm not making it like I'm about to tell a sob story, struggling to, to get better at this, this one aspect, and that is expectation management of myself when I know I've got a piss up coming up. Yeah. I still go out, no shit. I will go, like, I've got a, one of the boys, um, one of the two Camino boys is having a birthday this weekend. Saturday night. The schedule is 4.30 for drinks. Um, I won't say where, because they're all still super sneaky. But 4.30 for drinks, then dinner, then more drinks. My mind's like, oh, sweet, I'm going to I'm gonna organize to do the X, Y, Z on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. And then I sat down today and I'm like, no, you're fucking not, mate. You're 35. You'll have a four-day hangover. Start to book shit in for Thursday next week. And obviously, I'll try, I try not to drink that much because I hate hangovers. Um, but expectation management, when you come into Christmas, you're like, I'm not gonna blow. I'm not gonna have a blowout. I'm not gonna fall off the wagon. I am gonna deliberately eat and drink and be merry. Like that's the fucking point of it. Yeah. That's um, slight slight segue into that's one of the programs I was building this week. It's a really basic one. It's called procrastination. 
the intent, people can see it uh, probably 10 days from now. Um, the point is telling people not to look at their phone when they wake up in the morning, that is a fucking uphill battle. That, that's like an end state. Eventually, we'll get there in six months. But if you try, try and go cold turkey, wake up in the morning, do your morning routine, you're not allowed to look at your phone until lunchtime. Good fucking luck. If you say to people, you've got half an hour, procrastinate away, but in half an hour when the, when the notification alarm goes off, you're done. Get on to your next thing. Like That gives you expectation management. I know I'm going to look at my phone, but just try and reduce the amount of minutes. Right, Same so as hitting the business. Uh, only for it to be a only to be a contrarian, not because I agree with what you're saying, but will other people be saying, "Are you not setting yourself up for failure? Are you not going well? I'm gonna I'm gonna procrastinate, so I might as well just do it." Um, or it's gonna be Christmas, I'm gonna fucking fall off the wagon, so I might as well just fucking send it. Um, what's the what's the pitfall, and is that argument flawed? What depends? What, what's your goals in life? Like, is your goals to be that disciplined that you never hit the piss? If you are, if that's you, you not. I mean, you, I'm using hit the piss because that's our method of unwinding, right? Um, if you want to be that dude that never drinks, I mean, apologies, David Goggins. No, fuck apologies. Like, who cares? He, David Goggins, the most disciplined man on the planet, according to David Goggins, but was wasn't overly liked by the boys, right? Like you got to find who are you? Who are you trying to be? Are you trying to be this dude who's so reggie, so disciplined, so so structured that you you fucking hate life because you don't have any friends and you got too much structure in your life, or are you trying to be the person who's kind of finding the middle ground so you're getting better at life, being a little bit better than you were, but not I'm not going to smash piss every day. Definitely don't fucking condone everyone being alcoholics, but Christmas is coming up. Why not fucking put your routine on hold for a couple of weeks? And again, this I, I think this is a big part of why New Year's resolutions are, are fucking... Um, it's a good milestone to go, I am mid-December, I'm done. Finishing work, I'm going to fucking eat, drink, probably get fat. Um, try and train in there a bit. Do, do some kind of fucking healthy practice. But I'm not going to live by my healthy standards, discipline standards. Come whatever your New Year's date, um, resolution date is, might be like the 10th of January. Come the 10th, I'm going to look in the mirror and instead of hating myself, I'm going to go, I knew this was going to happen. I expected this. I planned for it. I'm a fat fucking mess. Time to get to work. That for mine, that, like, that, that works for me. Hopefully it works for other people too. That's what, I'm try- that, that's what I put out to people. But if you want to be David Goggins over Christmas, good luck. My fear with that model is that you get to the 10th of January and you're like, I didn't have any time off. I had no downtime. I kept structured and Reggie and I, I trained and I slept and I didn't drink the, didn't drink piss. And then you drop your iPhone two days into 12th of January, you drop your iPhone and you're like, fuck it. I'm, that's, I'm blown out now. And then you're fucked because you're fat for the whole year. And I think that's if you, if you go in with a routine and a structure – and you know the tools and you know the underlying principles. And then you go through Christmas with some introspection and go, I'm going to enjoy myself and relax. And then when you do it in, at the end of Christmas 2021, and you, you, you'll be able to know, because everyone starts, leave a couple of days, they're a little bit, you know, you're efficient until you start having a couple of days off. And you're like, I'm going to do, there might be nine things you need to do. I'm going to go and pay Rego, I'm going to go to the RTA, I'm going to go to this, this, this. 
And then as you start to, once the routine's gone, you start going, holy fuck, that took me four hours to go to the RTA because I just procrastinated, check Facebook. <laughs> By the end of your, your leave break, you're like, I didn't do any, I, what did I do today? I ate lunch and I struggled to do that. I ate that at 15, at three o'clock because I was like, do you know what I mean? Like, 100%. I'm just and having, having, I have an idea what you're talking about. I need a notebook while I'm doing these bloody things. I could type, but I'm worried about my computer blowing up because it's so hot in here. But you're 100% right, mate. I, I, if you want to use an analogy in fitness, it's like progressive overload in periodization training. It's like you start at X and you slowly make it tougher, more disciplined, harder, harder, harder for four weeks. And then you have a deload week. Deload is essentially the, the veteran or the digger's metaphor for planned blowouts. Like I'm going to be, I'm doing a four week cycle of being healthy. And obviously we, we're going to try and encourage people not to have a fucking massive bend every four weeks, but once a month, hey, that's not actually, that's not bad. Um, but it's a controlled blowout. You're like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm deliberately letting the reins go. And then at this date, I'm going to pick it up again. I'm going to fucking progress and progress again. Because if you don't, you are on, you are redlining all year. And that doesn't work for anything. It definitely doesn't work for fucking strength training and bodybuilding. You cannot redline all year without steroids. And there is no steroids for overcoming the need to go and party. No. So we go, we go to that. You have introspection. You know these things are going to happen. You know, and, and while you're doing it, not keep a journal or a diary, but know in yourself, take 30 seconds and go, yeah, I do feel a little bit shitter than I did. By the time you come out of it the other end, you're like, righto, you want that structure back. You want that routine and you want to get back into it and start killing it. 100%, mate. Same, same thing with progressive overload training and fucking periodization. You, after your deload week, rest, recovery, you want to go after big weight again. Like that's the point. It's both mental and physical and, and I'll let someone smarter than me talk about like your nervous system and how it gets involved. But once you have a blowout, if it's controlled, you don't hate yourself, you are more motivated to get back into it, get fitter, get healthier, do all of the good stuff. And I mean, that's the same, that, that principle relates, let me know if my computer starts to freeze because I'm trying to open one other tab. And it looks like to, it's, I'm freezing. Doing it now. It's freezing, yeah. <laughs> it's right. It won't freeze when you actually put it nah, on. I'm just, I'm not even going to risk it. So I had a couple of, a couple of listeners text in and they were uh, over leave and they're like, oh, we listened to you while we're driving through Alice Springs, uh, listening to your podcast. Um, so, and it's funny because looking and talking to each other is different to if you were driving in a car and actually listening to the podcast and whether you can follow on. So, uh, definitely not high end. If you've got some a text, send in uh, any text or questions you've got. We'll answer them and we'll send it. We're not. It's not high level at the moment. So, yeah, fucking no. We've got. Do I don't know. I mean, this obviously doesn't go live. So how? When do we get to the stage, Keegan, where we can just pump it out live and people can call in? We can do it. That'd be we sick, could, mate. We could test it. We could test it maybe once a month and do it. I reckon, and see how it goes. I mean, that would lighten the load for editing because it'd just be straight on YouTube, but also it means we need oh, to watch I'd be our, so nervous, mate. Watch I'd be so mate. nervous of saying the wrong words. I think you can't delete cunt from a podcast if, you, <laughs> if you're going out live. Not that our audience gives a shit about language anyway, but... Yeah, that's, that's, that would be my only concern. 
Right. You can so, straight through this. So I'm just taking a note because that 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 mentality um, fits the other program that I'm working on. This is a really basic one. There's no videos or anything to it. It's just graphics. And it's 90-minute work blocks through the day. So you either do three, four, or five of them, depending on how hectic your workload is. Um, and it's it's that same model of if you go to work in, in the morning and you've got, like, we run sprint boards and, and um, project management stuff, and you go, all right, I've got to get all this stuff done today. Um, and little things pop up here and there, and your day gets fatter or whatever, and, and you go, I'm just going to go from 9 till 5 working because I've got so much to get done. I've got to cram it into eight hours. Sit down, don't stop. You've got about an hour and a half till your brain's like, I'm fucking punching out for a bit. You can keep pretending to work, but you're going to stare at the screen and nothing's going to make sense. So you are far better off. And this is, I struggle with this for fucking ages, trying to go, I've got too much on. I've got to spend more time at the computer getting it done. And then I was like, I, I have to go away and do something for half an hour, come back. And then the next hour or so, I was like, oh, I'm back into it. I'm good here. And then you start to fade out. And I'm like, I need to make that a deliberate pause. I can't just sit here and wait. And I mean, obviously, it's different for different workplaces. If you're working for the man nine to five in an office, trying to convince your boss to fucking take a half an hour spell every hour and a half, I don't know. But um, working from home, like a lot of people are now, kind of pulling their own hours, you are so much more efficient to go, I'm doing 90 minutes on, 30 off. Or if you really want to, 90 on, 90 off, or 90 on, 60 off. Depends how late you want to work at night. Um, but that's a, that's a program that I'm putting together just to structure people's day to go, which, which is exactly the same as deliberate piss-up weeks or weekends or deliberate deloads for, for weight training. It's deliberate switch your brain off, um, go to work, 90 minutes, go flats, have a brew, hook in for 90, get out, get some sun, fresh air, breathing techniques, whatever you got to do, just do not think about work, come back in, I guarantee you are more productive throughout the day and you end up working less. So um, staring at your computer for eight hours a day, you're probably going to get about six, five, maybe six hours of productivity. And the rest of the time you're either, um, depends where you are, you're either fucking off for durries, going to the water cooler, talking shit to the bloke next to you, procrastinating because your brain's having a nap. You don't know it. Subconsciously, your brain's like a punched out. So you just start throwing paper planes at the bloke next to you. Um, whereas if you go, all right, I accept it. An hour and a half of my day is going to be slow. I'm going to put that as a deliberate pause. Fuck off. Come back. Good to go. Oh, mate, naps are, naps are a big one. I did that. I had a little bit of a, I wonder, my, um, Mrs. Dad, he's 71 years old. Every day at 2.30, he walked, I was like, we caught up at Christmas. And he goes, Spanish. has a nap for 15 minutes. I was like, no, you don't. Sure as shit, 2.30, he, doesn't matter what he's doing, where he's doing it, walks away, has a nap, comes back, and he's been doing it for years, comes back and wakes up in 15 minutes, and he's like, right, let's go. I'm like, how do you do it? I tried to do it the other day and got in trouble from the missus. She's like, no, no, you're supposed to be working for Swiss Aid. You can't be napping. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, I need, I need to have a nap. <laughs> no, you got to, man. I mean, this is, this is the hard thing. I, th- I think... Um, especially with UMEX, because you, you were in for so long, the military builds your mindset towards one, like a, a certain way. It's, and it's institutionalization. It's like they've got the SOPs written for everything and they've got structure in the way they do things. And um, it is, there's, there's not a lot of innovation and flexibility in the military model. I think they're starting to change a little bit, but um, 
what I think what we need to do is just focus on like the the Googles and like the big tech companies. Um, well, some of that's a facade as well, but they follow a model of it's objective based. Like you, if you can get there in ten minutes or ten hours, um, find your own way there. Just get there. And if you're fucking around, like sleeping all day and working for ten minutes, not the other way around, then we got then there's a drama. But um, for most people coming out of like a, a standard nine to five job or all the military um, or, or any kind of governmentish job, it's so there's so much discipline and structure around the factory mentality. Um, and I know it sounds like counterproductive. We preach discipline and structure, but it's, it's there's I don't know. It's different. Like you don't want um, rigid, forced times to stare at a computer and, and say, produce me some creativity because it doesn't fucking work. If you've got to sit there and data enter, like get the one and zero off that screen and put it into that spreadsheet, go nuts. Make, make slaves stare at computers until their fucking fingers fall off. You can't really get that wrong. But if you've got to think and be creative and come up with new ideas and actually be like produce something, you need to be doing it when your brain's motivated to be working. And if you need to go and have a nap every hour on the hour for 10 minutes, then fucking do it. We did it with a, when we were doing the research for the gut biome and some of the better at life stuff, when you're cross-referencing and pulling in peer-reviewed studies and, and, um, and you're staring at it, it got to the point, uh, I'm super keen. And then after, like you say, 90 minutes, you're like, I don't know what I'm, I just read that same article three times and I pulled nothing out of it. And you're like, fuck, I need to go away, sort my life out and come back. Hundred percent. So we, we sort of we, we, you sort of edged on some of the some of the programs that are coming out, and there's a couple here that I wanted to sort of bring up. I had to duck away on the podcast, and you guys don't know because I wasn't talking. Keegan let it out. Uh, so I've just started my new year on keto. Um, day four on keto. Here we go. Uh, that app's coming. That that program's coming out. I'm just going to rattle off a few to, to jog some brain memory. And then, uh, we'll, so we've got Fishing with Isaac, we've got Keto, we've got uh, some Jiu-Jitsu with the veteran grappling guys. Uh, Have we? Is that confirmed? I, think, I know they said yes, but that's not in production yet. doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's on now. Everyone knows about it. 2021. Powerlifting with the epic coaching guys. What, sorry? Powerlifting with the epic coaching guys. Yeah. Uh, maybe some blacksmithing down south with some ex sascats who make their own blades and and stabbers uh down in perth that'll be a sick one and that is that is all purpose steps discipline motor that that is going to be a ripper of 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 a uh, of a program uh, veteran hunts want to take a boys away so it's merging into events now but the veteran hunts piece um going away and teaching guys not only to go out and learn the process of instead of going to the supermarket and getting a steak and eating it and going, yeah, that was cool. But the work involved in going out, hunting, getting your own game, and then learning to butcher it and, and field dress it in the field. And that's something we're going to do in Vents and, and get some guys, uh, current and ex-serving guys on to do. Uh, and the fly program. So of all those, what, what's your favorite? What, what are you most looking forward to, Adrian? There's actually a couple of extra ones that we. Oh, and uh, well, yeah. There's some. There's some. The two big ones. We we can. I'll... Oh no, those. I'll leave those out. I, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll follow your lead if you. I mean, realistically, I was I was going to bring it up later too. We probably should stop talking about stuff until we finish it because we tell people it's coming up and then it, we 
find out that it's going to take us another year and a half. And I, I don't think there's anything on our list so far that we've said we're going to do that we didn't do, other than the stomp, obviously. But that'll come when um, Palaszczuk opens her borders in 2026. So we'll worry about the stomp another time. But I, I, I think um, there's a few there that we probably should keep quiet until we're 100% confirmed that they're going to go ahead. Um, but also some of the stuff from Darwin, like when we went up there, Shrubby um, came up with this, or Gaz's old man, so Shrubby Senior, came up there. Um, Who's he? Oh, Gaz, Gaz's ex-arm. He's 6-1 Sunray on, on Instagram. He's, he's living the fucking dream, mate. He went, left the military, um, got right into, like, balls deep into videography, shoot some sick content. Um, I don't know. We'll have to get him on, mate. I don't know the full story of how he linked in, but he, he linked in with that Dean Schneider bloke that plays with lions in Africa for some reason. Fuck knows why you don't want to want to do that, mate. Um, but and now now Gaz goes over there and shoots all of his content for him and it's sick. Like best life ever. Don't get me wrong, Dean Dean looks like he's having a ball, but you wouldn't get me playing with bloody lions for a living. Um anyway, Gaz Gaz is the one that came down to Threadbow with us on that Threadbow trip last year and shot a bunch of content uh, for us as we went up the hill. Um, we met his old man, and his old man's a legend. Like, um, used to run a company teaching people um, danger response and, and kind of risk management, but not from the dry paperwork perspective, more hands-on, like training uh, ski rescue guys in, in Threadbow and um, underground mining rescue teams and shit like that. Anyway, long story short, Shrubby came to Darwin with us, and um, there's a few projects without letting the cat out of the bag, that, are, that we, we're going to start looking at taking people on, um, veterans to start with, but then open it up to, to anyone, either corporate groups or individuals that just want to go away and learn some new skills um, around working with uh, crocs and, and wildlife in the national parks up in the Northern Territory and um, potentially a few of the boys. Well, one of the boys that we met um, with the Ringers team does... I don't even know what you call it. Is ring is like is the word ring is like is that a thing to be a yeah, ring? Yeah, ring ring is a ring is just an Australian cowboy. Yeah, righto. So doing cowboy shit and then buffalo hunting and, and all that kind of good stuff. So I don't know, mate. When you say what's the thing that I'm most excited about this year, it's all of it. Um, once well, dep- all of it, all of this is dependent on the world being able to move out of your own city and it's also dependent on uh, a couple of companies throwing a few dollar bills at us we can't do anything for free unfortunately um we offer things for free but we can't go anywhere if we've got no money so we'll, we'll throw that little one as a plug out to some of these big companies over the next few months to try and get some cash but i think that should shouldn't be a problem um and then hunting 100 percent there's a bow sitting behind me i'll put it there transparency is a big part of uh swiss eight being real that bow's never been fired. It's it's a showpiece. No, it's a real bow. I've just it's brand new, so I've tried it. You fired it once. I've test fired it into like a target, but it's not zeroed properly. You um, missed the target. Some poor bloke. I was a meter away. Copped an arrow. Sideways. <laughs> poor. Yeah, nah. Nah, it's good. But um, yeah, bow hunting is definitely something I want to learn more this year, and and um, go out with the boys veteran hunts in in South Australia. Then um the boys in the Northern Territory and and the whole the whole thing. That that for me is the most exciting one. And I know there's a bunch of vegans out there that are gonna hate this, but fact of the matter is we eat meat and I would much rather go and find it myself and learn how to kill it. Uh, chop butcher it, learn how to fucking um cook it. Uh, and that is 
I want to I want to tie it all together. Like I've I've been eating keto um, off and on like for since I left the army. Uh, so I, I when I left the army, I started that health food business, uh, restaurant was my first business, and that was 2012. And we were we were ramping paleo until um, people started saying it's a buzzword and whatever. And that's when we started focusing more on keto because it's pretty much the same thing. One's got dairy and a little bit less starchy stuff, but um, it's all high fat, low carb. But the, the the methodology of both of them is try to eat organ meat and, and kind of nose to tail. And that's something that it's, it's getting harder and harder to do. Like you can't find, you can't go to Woolworths and, and ask for liver. You can't get, they've got chicken kidneys, but they're from Steggles. I'm like, no offense to Steggles. I don't trust your fucking chicken livers to be not full of hormones and fucking anti- antibiotics. Um, maybe they're not. Prove me wrong. Steggles. I'm here. I'm here. You're, if you want to be a sponsor, go nuts. Let us know that it's healthy chicken livers. But long story short, like if you go out and you fucking shoot your own deer or you shoot your own buffalo or whatever, and that's been living in the wild and it's healthy, you're going to eat the whole thing. Um, all the organs included. And that, for mine, goes full circle into everything what I'm trying to do. It's learning new skills you're out in the sun you're living life the way we're supposed to be living you're getting fit as fuck because this is not like driving tree stand hunting this is this will be out packing it out for a few days so there's fitness components to it there's nothing there's no better better mindfulness and meditation than stomping i mean most of us hate it because we did too much of it in the army but you go once you've been out for a bit max you go hiking through the bush you try and be angry mate it's fucking impossible well, it was really um, good when I was in the army to be angry, so we'll see how we go. But no, like, I get it. hundred percent, man. Ties it all together. She's there, mate. <clears throat> and it's keto uh, as fuck. Well, yeah, I, I'm on keto now, so we'll see how we go. I, I did a be, I did a before photo. I want to bang that up on, uh, on the internet, mate. It was fucking shocking. I did a before photo. It is, a, it is accountability, mate. I know it's 100%. probably a thing to do, but it's accountability, mate, because. Um, <laughs> I think it goes into, and this is a big thing, is that your, your personality, your body type also changes or body composition changes. But this whole thing of, they've done a couple of new studies, we'll put it in the, in the show notes. They've done studies that say that who you are now and your personality you have is not, is not who you are for the rest of your life. And it changes literally from day to day. If you think mm. you're the same person from day to day, experience to experience, it's not. There are personality traits that are ingrained uh, subconsciously on programming that you've put in. Um, but those things change from day to day, from experience to experience. So um, the biggest one is, is people um, identifying with a demographic or a, a diagnosis or a skill set. So I am a veteran. That, that means that, okay, veteran, subcategory, what does that mean? Uh, that means that I've, I've probably got PTSD and I'm upset. Um, I'm probably not socially, um, I, I don't go and socially interact with people. Um, I'm probably angry, short-tempered. These things that you then start to believe because you identify with a particular demographic of people. And it's simply not true. That changes from literally experience to experience every single day. Um, and by going out and learning new skill sets and and learning new life skills, you change that personality and you adapt and you move forward. And, 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 that, and that's a big thing. 
with, with all these programs, with the purpose side of the app, that's what I'm really excited about. The nutrition and fitness stuff is, is, is amazing and they are the core stuff, but the, the purpose stuff, getting back out and learning something new and doing something new and identifying not... And, and uh, they talk about specialization makes you arrogant. So um, for, if you're a doctor and you're a heart surgeon, you look at other doctors who aren't heart surgeons, and you're like, well, I'm a heart surgeon, you're not really... Uh, you're not really coming up with it. I'm in the infantry, you're not in the infantry. Um, so specialization makes you arrogant. And I think learning and, and broadening your horizons um, and really bringing in the whole human experience into Swiss 8 and not living up to a diagnosis that people are trying to say and Instagram models are trying to force feed down your throat is something I'm really excited for for Swiss 8 in, in 2021. Good. That was a good little chat, mate. I liked it. 100% agree too. The the humans are a generalist animal. Like we, we're not really designed to specialize in stuff. I can understand why like in, in medicine that you have to specialize because you can't be good at everything. I wouldn't want someone giving me brain surgery who's a little bit okay at everything. Like a jack of all trades is not opening me up. But as an animal, like we are not fast runners. We are not good swimmers. We are not good at climbing trees. We're okay at all of it. Um, but like we're not going to outswim a shark. And we're not going to outrun a cheetah, and we're not going to outclimb a, a monkey. Like we're we're generalists. So instead of fighting that and trying to be really good at one thing and, and being shit at everything else in your life, kind of keep learning new skills and and learn more shit and be good at. It. I mean, don't say don't try and be okay and mediocre at anything, but keep adding more skill sets. Doesn't matter how old you are. Like we, I think the biggest hurdle that I found was leaving the army at like around the age of thirty. You hit thirty. You're like, that's me done. I'm full. I'm not learning anything else. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm like, that's not true at all. Got to learn new stuff. That's why I've got a bow behind me. I've got to learn how to bow hunt. Fuck, I, just had, I just had a, a perler and it's it's left my brain. About what? So crawl out of your ear. It'll it'll <laughs> fall out, mate. We'll, we'll keep going. I'll have a, I'll have a mind jog. Did you, new, did you get new headphones? No, no, these are these are my misses because you kept uh, not sending them to got matching set. Um, right, so can we talk about the the desert race and can we talk about the sailing? Is that no? Should we or is that can we move no. on to that now? Should, should we? we? Probably not. Probably ah. Oh, I don't know, mate. The fucking number one rule of marketing is don't tell them about it until it's built. Don't do it's it. It's not fully built yet. Don't do it. We're building it. Well, but I mean, at the same time, the only thing that's really missing from building it is a backer. Like, we need funding partner. Like, if we got a funding partner to, to make confirm that we're doing that, we we're ready to roll. And the only way to get a funding partner is to fucking promote it. I don't know. I don't care. Anyway, right. Well, we're doing the Fink We're doing the Fink Desert Race as part of a part of the purpose and tribe and community because. When you get out of the army, there are specializations that you are, you're in. And this is why a lot of ESOs open up is because um, they all bespoke to human beings are as diverse as their fingerprints. No one is the same and, and, and therefore no veteran ESO will be the same. Some of them don't function well. Some of them do well for their specific demographic of people. The purpose died for the Fink stuff. The Fink Desert Race is about getting guys who 
are interested in and creating a community around different things. That's what suicide is. That's what purpose is and creating events. Um, and, and the Fink Summit that I'm really excited about this year for 2021, uh, noting that um, learning from Adrian and the funding model and searching for sponsors when we are uh, five months away from the actual event, we'll see how we go. We have some people that want to ride who are ex-serving, current-serving West dudes. Uh, so we're going to go, I'm going to try and spend the next five months chasing sponsorship for uh, the Fink Desert Race. We're going to grab a team of current-serving and ex-serving veterans and we're going to go in and we're going to be a support team uh, for that race. And that is something that I think is going to be for me, that's my outlook for 2021. I think that's going to be sick for me. That'd be a big one, mate. I think that'd be good. Um, so, yeah, yeah, like you said, our team's going to be a support group. None of our guys are actually going to ride in it. We'll, we'll have a veteran team that's riding in it. Um, and this is probably a good launch plan for one of the one of the, the purpose piece in the app. Um, oh, sorry, not in the app. There's two uh, pillars in the app that we're, we're kind of compressing into discipline and to make way for a tribe and a purpose category. Because um, from what we've run, um, the pillars of health can be two of them, like time management and minimalism, makes sense to fall under the discipline category uh, so that we can make room for purpose. And purpose is going to be essentially the volunteering platform for people who want to come and volunteer to begin with for us. And then hopefully uh, it'll it'll get enough traction that there's people just want to put their hand up and say, hey, I want to get involved and volunteer because it gives me more fulfillment in life and it helps me find purpose. Um, and then hopefully down the track, other ESOs will be able to advertise their volunteering spots on that on that platform too. Um, but the, the 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 big thing here that the shout out to people is, um, if you have a skill set, if you want to get involved, there's so many people out there. Like we sit here right now, going, where do we find people that have got money? Where do we find people that have got skill sets in event management? Where do we find all these people that want to volunteer their time? Like they're out there somewhere. People just don't know which organisation to come forward to or, or how to get involved. So. We'll eventually have um, registration forms on our website for people who want to volunteer and get involved in this stuff. But if you're sitting there like listening to this or, or you know people that want to do some good shit that have got a skill set that's just underutilized, get it, give it, shoot us an email. If, um, if you want to build your own concept, you want to build your own model, build your own idea, um, but you don't want to go through the bullshit of registering another, yet another ESO, like we want, like, Three years ago, we didn't want to register a fucking charity. We, we knocked on every major ESO and said, hey, we've got this concept. Do you want to, can we do it under your umbrella? And they all told us to get fucked or didn't answer at all. And then 12 months later, when we built it anyway, they're like, oh, you should come and do this with us. I'm like, mate, that ship sailed. So we, there's, there's so many, DJ Cahill, our old army rugby coach, um, at the moment putting together a model for, uh, he was a bandy in the army and an EJO officer. Uh, I think he was an officer, anyway. Um, he was, a, he was an Edjo and a, and a bandy. Um, at, he was a, at the one hour band for ages. Um, and he's now got this property uh, and he's got the facility to, to teach people, like, get away, have a break. While you're there, he can teach you how to play the drums or teach you whatever music kind of shit you're into because um, that's kind of soothing and relaxing. And he's like, mate, I don't want to register another charity. Like, can I, can I just promote this under as a Swiss 8 thing and then I'll run it. I'm like, 100%, mate. Um, I mean, from our end, as long as it aligns with what we're trying to do, it's, it's personal growth for people and it's not 
it, it's put together by someone who's not just going to go out there and throw your brand under the bus, um, which DJ won't. So like we obviously trust him. There's there's plenty of people out there like that, and if you've got concepts and shit that you want to run, but you don't want to jump through the thousand hoops that you have to to register a charity and put a board together, then then shoot us an email, and we'll definitely find ways to work together. Um, which is, I mean, that's kind of what we're going to look at doing with Shrubby and, and Mars as well. Like they got the Mars came to us, Murray, your old man-in-law, he's got a bunch of sick ideas for stuff he can do with veterans. But be fucked if he wants to register his own charity and, and start doing it himself. So, yeah, I don't know where the fuck that started, but it sounded like a good chance to have a go. Tell people there's volunteering opportunities. Do it. Come on board, mate. Uh, I, I run volunteering, so we'll see how we go. You might get an email. <laughs> no. <laughs> Egan, what are, you doing, mate? what are you looking at next year? What's, your, what's, what's 2021 hold for you? What are you excited about? Mate, uh, my plan I is... Say, I would say editing 19 hours a day. Yeah, uh, it's, it's sitting about that, but I'm fucking keen for it because I've been watching some pretty cool content that's been coming up and I'm just keen on improving. So using all these sick events that we're going to go to and just using them to become the fucking guru editor, essentially, and videographer. I just want to get better at it. But um, but yeah, just all the events. I think obviously the Fink would be fucking sick and all the hunting stuff I'm really looking forward to. Um, Hopefully getting a bit more hands-on as well. So not just just not just recording, but actually joining in. Um, yeah. Just getting better at business as well, like running freelancers and stuff. That'd be good. It's a big year. All that personal growth, mate. You need you need to go back and look at the first video you put together. Oh, the first I'll never forget it, mate. The first post you put together for when we're looking for um. Fuck, I think we were looking for for a designer. We're going to set up that design competition. And that thing that you came forward with versus the video that you just put together for Isaac, mate, that is personal growth, black yeah. and white. Yeah. It was, and I, I mean, you've got to start somewhere, but that first thing you did was utter dog shit. Yeah. And that video, that video you put together, yes, well, won the ad from last year into the, the video for Isaac, mate, it's high speed. Um, and that's, that's exactly what we're all about. Like, yeah, that's all. I'm going to keep it. on that forward momentum and just keep getting it as good as I can at it because 100%, right? it's pretty good that's I'm what i did I, I do it all the time look at my old stuff and it's like cringy if you're not looking at your mm. old work and cringing at it then you haven't grown yeah uh, and i mean and that's that's for a, a good point for people too like when you do start out do not imagine if you most people especially if you're a creative perfectionist um you go where i'm at at the moment is not good enough so i'm not going to show anyone my shit until i'm amazing imagine if we had said that with like you a year and a half ago whenever you did that first one be like all right, it's not super high speed yet. Yep. You're not allowed to put out any videos or photos together until you're fucking high speed. You're never going to get there. Never. You've got to start as an MVP and look back and go, oh, I was bad. <laughs> I was real bad. Yeah. I think, that's look, why, I think that's why the audience base we have is growing uh, and is loyal, mate, because they can see a growth and they can see interpersonal relationships and they, the characters that are developing and the input that they have in their charity. So say it's not mm. yours, it's not mine, it's not Keegan's. Right. It's theirs and they can see it and they can input. And especially the ISS podcast as well, they can see the growth in it. This is just something we do. This back chat stuff uh, is something that, that, the, that our demographic asks us to do once a month, the, the behind the scenes of Swiss 8. It's a once a month thing. Um, from here, we're gonna. It's it's there, there is a backlog of some pretty high speed 
uh, guests coming on board, which is I'm I'm, I'm excited about. But um, yeah, is there any That's fucking good. last rounds from you boys for Swiss Eight for 2021? The CEO for Swiss Eight, Adrian Sutter. I've got, got an accountability, mate. I want to hear it on record. Question for Anthony Meissner. No, what busy. is your daily routine to set yourself for success in 2021? Uh, so just starts reading Hunter S. Thompson's morning routine. routine for the last 36 years of his life. 5.10. The alarm goes off at 5.10. Uh, I snooze for 10 minutes. Some people say, don't do that. Uh, just get out of bed straight away. Little 10 minute snooze, I'm out the door and I start walking. And, and for me, I walk for, I walk the dogs for five and a half Ks a day and then get back, go to the gym, do some resistance training, and then sit down and get into it. I think for me, some of the things I learned from last year is is not, when you get I get overloaded, uh, not pressing the control alt delete button and, and wiping it off, but breaking it down, walking away, having breaks, coming back and chipping away at it uh, and keeping that community aspect. I'm up in Darwin, I've transitioned out of the army um, I was going to write a, a, a transition piece without sounding soppy and, and embattled. Um, that piece, mate, it's different when you, when you get out of the army and you lose your community, whether, whether you're a sporting star, whether you're a um, musician, whoever it is, when you stop doing the thing that you, that you identified with um, for the past 18 years, it's different. So... Uh, having that introspection, continuing and being honest with myself, I think is a big one. Not trying to use big words, be honest with myself, uh, and set a routine where I can achieve some goals that that I'm keen to do, mate. Good to go. Eating, you're you're eating keto at the moment. Keto started, um, which I'm looking forward to that app dropping, that program dropping on the app. Uh, Mate, I was apprehensive, and I know it's. And Keegan, you're the same, mate. You, you're you're a little bit um, of a contrarian for the for the keto sort of side of things. Um, it is divisive. People don't. There are some. You, I know you're an advocate for it, Adrian. Um, people. Some people don't like it. Some people are like, no, nah, I'm not doing it because they think it's some restrictive diet. Yeah, it's not, not, not that I'm against it. It's obviously a fucking excellent way to live. I just think that yeah, hundred percent. There is people out there that will be like. So if I was an influencer on Instagram having a rant right now, I would say, well, those people can go fuck themselves. But that's, I mean, that is my, that's one of my goals that not a news resolution, but a goal for this year is to use this platform and our social media to push out education um, or educated perspectives, but preach to no one. Because like uh, the world's a polarized through fitness in CrossFit when it came out, polarized the fitness community. It's global gyms versus functional fitness training. Um, vegans versus versus meat eaters. Keto and paleo versus people, high performers who want to eat carbs. Then we've got political division. Like there's enough fucking people cutting everything in half out there at the moment and there's no need for it. And like what you just said then, Max, like, like you get up at five, what, five ten hit or five o'clock hit snooze for 10 minutes. There's not a lot of textbooks out there that are going to tell you to put snoozes, hitting snooze is a good idea, but it fucking works for you. So do it. Um, preach it to people? Maybe not. I don't know. 
maybe we'll see if there's any peer-reviewed science behind hitting snooze before we preach it to people. Oh, sorry, we're not not without getting preached before we, we try and push it out as educated facts. But if it fucking works for you, still tell people yeah. so that people can go home as an adult, make an adult decision to test it themselves and go, well, that works for me too. Just finding the tools I'm, the tools that work for you in your arsenal. Yeah. What I mean, I definitely that? can't. If I put snooze on my phone and I get up at like, at well, at the moment, six, if I hit snooze, mate, I'll be up at eight. If I get out of bed at six, I'll be up at six. But I cannot snooze because I know that that'll fuck me. I'll, I'll end up sleeping all morning. But yeah, my goal is to to push out more, um, a bit more educated stuff. And I think a lot of it is around this keto stuff because I knew when I was writing this program, it's worked for me for so long. And I think it's amazing for me. But nutrition especially is, is so individual. Like everyone's body types are different. No one's really pinpointed yet whether it's blood type or genetics or where we've evolved from from different lines that that or what, what our parents were like or whatever. Um, but different diets work differently for different people. And, mate, I'm going to – should I start an internet war? Fuck, no, nah, I won't. Not a war. It's a bad <laughs> idea. It's bad karma. But there's a dude in Sydney, the pommy bloke. He's got a fuck couple of hundred thousand followers on Instagram, and he used. I used to love his listening to his rants. Right, he got he got went from zero to to insta famous, um, uh, ranting because he had some educated rants. And then I, I kept watching his stuff, and lately, it's like you you don't fucking read textbooks, son. You don't even do you do zero research at all. You've got your opinions that that it's all calorie deficit dieting is the only way forward and that fucking fasting's no good and keto's no good and blah 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 it's just a an ego having a rant because he's got a fucking platform and that's what that's what kind of divided me i'm like the business side of swiss eight we're a charity we need to use social media but at the same time i fucking hate social media to the point that the the more uneducated but aggressively controversial you are the quicker your following grows. You get you get your niche and you get to grow it and you get to do that by isolating and polarizing demographics against demographics. That's how it works. When we talk about politics, it's funny like so this is one of the this like this is psychology one oh one, right? Um, if you need to suggest something to your missus to do, right? And I'm saying missus because I'm a fucking dude. Uh, I'm not a pig per se. Um, you give them two options, right? You go, hey, babe, what do you want to do this weekend? Do you want to go to the movies or do you want to go to the pub? And they're like, uh, I didn't want to do any of those things. Uh, let's, go, <laughs> let's go to the movies, right? You only give them two options. They pick, they pick the movies. Uh, and, and the same thing happens in marketing. You, we talk about blue oceans and red oceans. Blue oceans are an idea where it's a new idea. It's a new niche of people where people haven't, been swimming around him there's no sharks in the water blooding it up a red ocean when we talk about new ideas is where um, I'm gonna become a personal trainer that is a red ocean I'm gonna start a business in a red ocean okay so, and then what happens is this is marketing then you're like okay well it's a red ocean how do I make it a blue ocean okay well I'm gonna say um, keto is the way to go or calorie deficits the way to go I'm gonna create a little blue ocean where there's no sharks and I'm the big shark and I get to tell everybody. And I think that's why I jumped on board. When you said like years ago, when you're like, we're gonna do a charity and the social content, I fucking hate doing social video posts, uh, detriment to the, to the fact that we probably need it um, because people will do it to 
to garnish or, or, or solidify their particular narrative and their particular line of questioning down, down their own marketing tool. Their niche that they've created, they need to sell it because they need to make money. We're a mm. charity, we don't need to make money. We need sponsorships from big corporates. It's a Robin Hood model, steal from the rich, feed the poor. But the stuff that we do and the thing that, that I jumped on board and I was like, I am fucking in with Swiss Ace because it is a charity. We don't need money. I can just, we can go and do some studies. We can live some of the, th the things we preach. If we don't live it, we're not preaching it. And then we can show people. It's just showcasing. And, and without, that is the hard thing is how do you market or how do you showcase a particular lifestyle or um, thing that you're trying to do without sounding sleazy and that's sounding like a, an Instagram model marketing person? without without big corporate pushing the pushing the narrative which they're not um because they're trying to they their only thing they're doing is is um social requirements and and social responsibility stuff they're like we're supporting a charity that we're hands off whatever you just do so that's i mean i think i just went on a rant for that's for, good but for Apparently me that's, that's what cool. it is, is is don't preach what you don't live and I don't want any, no one here does, whether you're an emergency services nurse or first responder. Um, I'm not going to preach on ISS and I'm not going to preach on Swiss aid if I haven't done it, lived it or experienced it and, and say, Hey, look, this is, this is someone, this is kind of cool. This is cutting edge science. Uh, it seems pretty cool. I've tried it. This is how I felt. These are the results I got. What do you guys reckon? as opposed to starting a business and going, hey guys, I think um, uh, calorie deficit or um, only eating carbs is a thing and you should do it. Because as, as a human society, we, we, we crave uh, society, we crave our little group that we can belong to. And I think that's, you have to understand group dynamics and social dynamics and if you can do that and and yeah, the social responsibility for me is is preach it, live it, and preach it, or, or live it and 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 showcase it. Is, is the yeah? Word. I think I think it's better. Look, I love I love the word preach it, but preach it for me is like um, shout it on to, from from the top of your soapbox. But don't get upset when people are like, I don't believe what you're saying, mate. I'm on the other camp. I'm like fucking cool. Like for preaching, I think from our end needs to be let's do. Let's be more okay with ranting some shit on social media or on this podcast or wherever you want to rant it. As long as we've done the research, we've, but I mean, and there's another problem like research these days, half of the scientific community believes red, half believes blue. You're like, uh, now I'm more confused. Um, but yeah, do, do, do a bit of research, find out what the, the full picture, the holistic picture behind that, that kind of argument is. Spend some time with, with the fucking other team's jersey on. Pretend you're researching the benefits of being a vegan. I've tried that. It was painful. Um, but like attempted to see things from other people's perspectives, then put forward an opinion, rant if you got to. But if someone disagrees with you, that's fucking cool. Go I think this, and that's a pitfall. I think that's for me. For, for 2021, you said before, what are you going to do in 2021? What's your routine going to look like? But I think because I use social media now to, to communicate with people, but social media is a pitfall in that you only add your, your friends only generally 
follow your line of questioning. That's why you're friends, because you get along, you have the shared, same shared interests. Exactly. And that's extrapolated by your friendship group on Facebook um, and by the people who input into your group. So when you get on Facebook, which is your look on the outside world, just be mindful that Facebook is what you've, your friendship group is what you've constructed. All those ideas, whether you're left, right, vegan, or a meat eater, you have created a, an ecosystem which follows your narrative. And that is dangerous. And extremism in any, any concept, I think, is dangerous. So I would challenge you to, we have a vegan that works for us, try to understand where they come from. No one's ever the bad guy. No one in their life has ever thought that they're the bad guy. Like, I'm, I'm the Hollywood version of the villain, and this is my narrative, and I'm going to be a bad guy. That is, that is incorrect. Everybody thinks they're the good guy. Um, so open your eyes. Don't be divisive. Broaden your horizons and even your Facebook groups. As far as adding friends in, you don't have to get in a Facebook wall. Have an open dialogue. Talk to people and be a fucking human being in 2021. Good. We should leave it there. But I've got to ask you about what books you're reading. But before we do, this is, this is Jess's. That was Jess's first shout-out, I think, on the podcast. Well, oh, no, we did, no, we've made fun of vegans before. But that was, that was, that's a good point to, 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 to raise. Is like You have a knuckle-dragon group of alpha-ish kind of dudes who all eat meat and want to go hunting on weekends. If we weren't careful, we were going to turn this into some overly blokey fucking knuckle dragon echo chamber where it was one opinion to rule them all. Um, and so the first civvy we hired, uh, oh no, Ben came on first, uh, the tech dude, but um, the first, well, the, the Jess, the, the office customer service, he merch, whatever her role title is going to be. We weren't seeking a vegan, but... The best candidate for the job was a female millennial vegan. And, mate, she breaks my fucking brain half the day, but it is a completely opposing perspective on most of the shit that we do. Um, and that doesn't mean that we've gone soft and we're changing to stop eating meat and be super woke millennials. That means that when we go potentially too far, we have a polar opposite opinion to go oh you might want to wrote that in and then we can ask her to delete her opinions and we'll do it anyway but (laughs) (laughs) but it's good man you need balance you need you need someone checking you from the other side of the fence so yeah um before you wrap up books what do you what are you reading listening to at the moment i haven't listened to rogan's podcast for a while apparently there's some bloody zingers there's some new doco out jonesy sent me this morning about the dude um in the Middle East, who got his bits and pieces chopped up into little tiny pieces? Do you remember that story? No. Oh, you got to—you have to go. And Jonesy gave me the the um, preview for the uh, doco. It looks sick. I'll bring it up now. Hang on. And the other one, I've got to have a rant about. Oh no, well, not a rant, but a shout out to Green Lights, mate. That is on par with the best books I've ever read. Green Lights. Who? If you want to, Matthew McConaughey's new book. Oh the yeah, I've seen it everywhere i'm looking forward for to, to wales's book coming out because 11 bad like, you don't get a lot of books coming from the perth boys that aren't good um well maybe the, they just don't make the shelves but everyone that i've read from from a proper dude from perth it's always been a high speed book mate 11 bats i was like i said when we had harry moffat on the podcast like i could not turn it off um 
normally I just listen to audio books on long drives, but I was listening to this like back to back in the car wherever I was going. And then I did the same thing, jumped straight into fucking green lights. I'm like, I wasn't sure. Glenn Azar actually put a post out going, I highly recommend this book. So I was like, oh, right. If he said it was right, it'd be worth a listen. Because um, I was worried it was going to be an overly fluffy actor. I didn't know much about McConaughey's backstory. I was like, all these actors these days through COVID and all this shit that's going on last year, they all just want to pump their own horns. Mate, he's a down-to-earth fucking legend with proper values. He's, I mean, he's obviously a sick storyteller, but it's kind of a... um. What do you call it? Not a not a fucking life coaching self help book, but it kind of is. Like it's it's a biography telling his story, but it's also makes you look at all the shit. If you get thrown buckets and buckets of shit, find the silver lining or just wait till it's relevant to future you and you'll realise it was actually opening doors. And mate, that, I can I can fucking relate to that for sure. Through pumping money into businesses that go nowhere and then learning expensive mistakes and fucking doing things you think were complete and utter proper like cock-ups and a couple of years later you're like ooh actually that makes sense and you can understand why that was a positive but yeah it's a good book Green Lights uh, well I don't know what I'm doing I'm, I'm finishing off the um, last two hours of the Harry Moffat 11 Bats mate it, it, that thing is a roller coaster it's not even a, sorry it's not a roller coaster it's an uphill it starts and you're like this is interesting and it, it Every hour, it gets better and better and better, and it is a massive insight for any current serving uh, serving dudes. Honestly, that book is fucking brilliant, mate. Um, and and the second book that I'm on at the moment. Um, you read to it once. Yeah, yeah. Sort of swapping change. That, my mate. brain doesn't sort of start. I don't think I still don't think audio books is is my best way of ingesting knowledge. Um, oh, mate. But ask me, ask me a line from any of the books I've read in the last three months. If I if I listened to it while I was driving on a, on a freeway, mate, it's verbatim. Fuck no, well, yeah. And then the the second one is uh, Graham Hancock, uh, Fingerprint of the Gods, which is which is a little fringy, but it just I don't know. It's a it's a different perspective on things, man, and I, and I'm I'm digging it so. It's it's stuff that it challenges the status quo, and I'm I'm all for challenging the status quo. I'm not not for, for for challenging hard science, but for for things that we we probably don't have concepts of. Um, remembering that scientists used to condone lead in paint and kids' toys, um, and moving forward to it, it's just a different thing that I like to, to broaden my perspective with. So it's about where we come from, was there lost generations, and 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 how we do it, and how we move forward. So sick. Mate, Graham Hancock's fucking switched on. I'm on, it's good. I'm on the last hour or so of 11 books as well. I mean, my favorite part of the 11 books part is his transition piece. He did 11 books. 11 bats. He did uh, his halfway transition piece was most interesting for me. Like getting out, rock bottoming it, like proper rock bottoming yeah. it, and then getting back in and then fucking killing it. That's fucking sick. Oh, the surfing part, mate. Just just yeah. a little segue. There's a, a thing I found on Amazon Prime. Um, Kelly Slater, not really Kelly Slater, but the Kelly Slater's generation, it's, uh, momentum generation. Watch yeah. it for the way it was put together. Not, I mean, it's a doco. Yeah. Um, well, mate, it was, it was engaging because the stories is it was relatable, man, to to our kind of tribe and our group of dudes. It was a sick fucking little doco. Um, 
but it's also the, the thing that I reckon you should watch it for. The, what, what kind of blew them up was the dude... Oh, fuck, I've forgotten his name. The dude that started shooting surfing videos. Yeah, right. It wasn't... It wasn't... I mean, they were wicked surfers, don't get me wrong, but what turned surfing from um, a hippie pot-smoking fucking loser sport with to no main, money in it... To a mainstream. Oh, it's a, it's a... Well, I mean, the X Games obviously helped that with, helped out a bit as well, but... This dude following them around, shooting videos of everything they did, yep. turned them from nobodies into household names. Yeah, and it was fuck. It. it was a sick little show. Momentum Generation Max surfing movie on um, Amazon. I have to. I have to get into it. And then I also got lucky and got to read. I think it was like 150 pages of Mark uh, Mark Wales' book that's coming out because they needed to get some stuff that was alright with me because it had a lot to do with dad. And that thing is going to be a fucking ripper. Oh, it's a good book. Good to go. So, yeah. Well, let's see how we go, man. I think that's going to be a ripper. I'm excited to see Mark Wells' book, mate. Um, we don't have a title for it. Uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying just in case it, I in case he changes it or something. Yeah, sick. Hey, guys. So um, coming from uh, the I Catch Killers podcast, uh, if we've managed to capture you through that, Guys, this is just a look behind the scenes of Swiss 8, which is something that our, I've already mentioned. Our demographic has always wanted uh, to see. Um, it gives a human side of a charity and it happens. It gives transparency to what we do, how we do and, and how we think. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. The next guests are going to blow your fucking mind. They're some high speed guys. Uh, I hope you stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram. If you think you have a podcast guest that you want, can they go on the website yet, mate? On our website? Oh, not yet, mate. I've got shit to do. Um, <laughs> just get us an email. Or, or socials. Like just The easiest way for us to track podcast guest requests, follow uh, instructions sold separately on Instagram and just hit a, hit a DM. Um, and in Keegan, or, I don't know if you check that, Max. But Keegan will be checking. We'll just add, add Max. Get his following up and just DM him on that. Just add Max. Add text Max. <laughs> and obviously, as usual, I don't know if it's on your script, Max, but this podcast is obviously designed to encourage people to download the Swiss Aid app. Is that on your list? If it's not, get it on no, your fucking is, Download the app because it is free. It is something that people try to pay, try to charge you money to how to live life and not be a piece of shit. And we offer it for free because this is something that Veterans are solving people's problems, and this is one of the core things. Don't be a victim. Own your life. Get on the app. It is free. Fitness, nutrition, sleep, everything. We live it. We breathe it, and we want to give it to you guys. We love yous, and uh, we'll see yous again in the next episode.